Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Fantastic. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says, for unto you. Come on, this is personal now. For unto you is born this day. Come on, he's right on time. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Come on, somebody say, that's power. Oh, a city of David. There's a Savior that is born, and he is the Christ the Lord. Can I have a good amen? amen. You know, there are, there are times in life where one of the sweetest phrases I think you could ever hear is the phrase, I'll go with you. I'll be with you. I'll come along. I'll, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll go beside you. Uh, I don't know if, you're, if you've ever eaten, uh, but if you're like me, when you eat, you don't want to be alone. How many of you, when you're hungry, you just want somebody to come with you? I, I love it when, when somebody says, hey, I'm hungry, and then somebody says, where are we going to eat? How many of you got dinner plans this evening? Yeah, as much as I love food, and food is a spiritual gift for me, as much as I love to eat, food tastes better when somebody is with you. Um, now I, I don't understand this about some of you ladies, but the, the, the female species, now between my mom and my two sisters, my wife and my two daughters, when one of them has to go to the bathroom, they all go to the bathroom. Ladies, does it bring comfort when you say, you know what, I need to go to the bathroom, and some girl says, I'll go with you. <laughs> and just in groups, you just kind of, you kind of move, you caravan to the, to the restroom. I don't know if you've ever been in Walmart and you're searching for something that you just can't find. And then you walk up to a, a clerk or, you know, somebody in a certain department and you say, can you help me? I tell you, one of the sweetest words is not, well, that's not my department. But it is, listen, I know exactly where that is. I'll go with you. Come on, talk to me this afternoon. How many of you like to work out? How many of you need to work out? How many of you are reminded that once a month you have a gym membership? <laughs> Isn't it better when somebody says, I'll go with you. Let's work out together. Oh, we need to go running? I'll, I'll run with you. When the kids were small, um, and we've got three children. We've got Eeny, Meeny, and Miney, and we ain't having no mo. <laughs> but when the kids were, were really little, I remember Trevor, uh, one night, in fact, we'd work hard to put all the kids to bed, and Finally, moms and dads, you know how, how sweet that moment is when it's finally, it's quiet. And you're just so exhausted that I'm telling you, by the time your head hits the pillow, you're halfway unconscious. It was one of those nights and everything was quiet and kids were in bed and Trevor from his room calls out, Dad! And I'm thinking, if I pretend that I didn't hear it, maybe he won't say it again. Dad! What, son? Daddy, I'm scared. I told him, no, you're not, son. Jesus is with you. Good night. A few minutes later, mom. Because it's just better when someone is with you. And the Christmas story is the story of God leaving the glory and splendor of heaven, wrapping himself up in flesh, and telling us, don't worry, I'm with you. 
I don't know how difficult your day or life has been, but with the promise of Christmas, we receive the presence of a God who is always with us. Did you know that you and I, we were made to walk in perfect fellowship with God? That was his intent from the very beginning. When God made Adam and Eve and he placed them in that paradise called the Garden of Eden, the scripture says that he walked with them and he spent time with them. I mean, the the, the perfect unity of God the Father with his creation. But then something happened to change all of that. Sin entered the picture. And when sin came in, sin separated, separated us from God. Sin brought separation, and now all of a sudden, God was at a distance. I want you to see how this works. Sin creates guilt, and guilt produces shame. And out of shame, Adam and Eve, they hid, and God said, Adam, where are you? How many of you know when God asked that question, he wasn't confused? He knew exactly where Adam was. It wasn't for his benefit. It was for Adam's. Adam, where are you? And Adam recognized that because of their sinful behavior and the separation of guilt and shame, because of their their hiding, now all of a sudden, God was at a distance. You see, God didn't move. We did. The problem's never been with God. The issue and the challenge has always been with us. And because of that ancient rift, Thousands of years ago, now by nature, we're born into this world with a feeling that God is distant, or maybe, maybe He's even absent. You know, I want you to see the progression of how this works, and you know how we enter into life, and it's almost as if God is far from us. And the plan of the enemy, and I want you to know, you have an enemy. The devil's intent for your life is to do everything within his power to create distance between you and God. And some of you have come here this afternoon and you reflect upon your year and it's filled with hurt and heartache. And maybe it's bad experiences or broken relationships. And because of all that pain, you feel that God is at a distance. God, maybe you're close to others, but when I look at my life, you feel so far away. Sometimes we struggle financially. We can't seem to make ends meet, and we wonder, God, where are you? Maybe this Christmas season you feel a gaping hole in your soul because of personal loss. Maybe you've lost a family member. Maybe, parents, you've lost a child, a loved one. Uh, Maybe during the flood you've lost your home. You lost your belongings. You've lost meaningful moments, and you say, God, Where are you? Sometimes it's just basically neglect. We've drifted into isolation. But our natural bent is not that God is close, but God is at a distance. You know, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, God's very own people, they didn't even have direct access to God. The only way they could access God was through the prophet or through the priests. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 19, God spoke to Moses on the top of that mountain on Mount Sinai, and God said, Moses, mark off a boundary. Everybody say boundary. Mark off a boundary all around this mountain, and you warn the people, be careful. Don't go up on the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. You see, as a nation, God was present with them in the tabernacle and later in the temple. But on an individual basis, people rarely experienced the tangible, personal presence of God. We caused that gap 
Sin created that gap. And we could do nothing to close that gap. Enter Jesus Christ. The reason that we gather here on this beautiful day is in recognition of a distance, a gap that we could not close, but only he could. And there was an announcement made after 400 years of silence from the the, the end of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, to the beginning of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. History tells us 400 years of silence was finally broken with this announcement. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They will call his name what? Emmanuel. And what does that name mean? God with us. You see, God was no longer at a distance. But 2,000 years ago in the town of Bethlehem, God came near through Jesus. His name is Emmanuel. And now we recognize God is with us. You see, God couldn't make himself bigger to impress us. So he made himself smaller to attract us. And the infant Christ child, this hope of heaven. Think of the innocence of heaven, the the, the purity, the sinless, spotless gift of Jesus in this child born to Mary and Joseph. And he steps into our world. This is what I love most, perhaps, of the Christmas story. God gives us heaven's best, and it always meets us right in our worst. You see, that's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion is man's attempt to connect with God. And how many of you know that even through the law in the Old Testament, we couldn't do enough? We couldn't be enough. You couldn't pray enough. We couldn't earn our way into his presence. Religion never helped anybody. We're not gathered here today out of a religious experience. But it's all about relationship. If religion is man's attempt to reach God, relationship is God's effort to reach man. God doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. You see, Jesus, I want you to consider this. Jesus is the name of God in his proactivity. I'm so glad that God didn't look up from heaven and say, oh, those poor pitiful people, they've messed up my beautiful world. Well, I guess y'all got to figure it out. He says, no, I'm getting involved. Jesus, it's almost as if the initiative of heaven was expressed through Jesus Christ. Now he is Emmanuel, God with us. Have you ever considered what it would be like if Jesus were literally with you each and every day? You ever thought about what the life of one of those disciples would look like? How many thinks it'd be cool to take Jesus to work with you? How many of you that might change your work day just a little bit? You walk up into the office, and here's this robed man wearing his Air Jerusalems. You're walking through the cubicles. Conversation's a little different that day, right? You got the man with you. It's my boy, Jesus. If Jesus were here with me today, I think I'd run over to Chick-fil-A. I'd get me a six-piece. And with Jesus, he could turn that six-piece into a 12-piece. Come on, somebody. Double up. You know, maybe you're jogging in the neighborhood and, and your pet dog, Fido, gets out of the house and Fido runs across the street and then gets hit by a car and there he is lying on the road. If Jesus is with me, I'd watch Jesus just do a miracle right there and resurrect Fido, bring him back. 
Or maybe the cat gets loose and the cat runs across the street and gets run over by a car. If Jesus is with me, then Jesus would just do a funeral right there and just leave him right there. Okay. I'm teasing. Please don't send me any mean emails. I love cats. They taste like chicken. <laughs> hey, I shared this last night in our service. I had a family send me a picture, a Christmas picture, all five of them, and all five members were, were holding a cat, and they said, Merry Christmas, Pastor Mike. The good news is you can have Jesus everywhere you go. You don't have to do life apart from Christ, that he did everything. He did all the work, all the heavy lifting. The effort was upon him. We simply receive. Ephesians says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Can I have a good amen? You see, what's beautiful is that that Christmas morning, that first Christmas morning, this infant was born into the world. But this infant eventually grew up, and then he gave up his life on a cross. And because of that sacrifice, now you and I have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's no longer God far from us, but he is now God with us. Last weekend, one of the blockbuster movies came out, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see it. Maybe you've heard of it. Any Star Wars fans in the house? Wow. Yes, indeed. Rogue One has hit the movie theaters, and uh, if your kids are like mine, they're begging you to say, let's go see it, let's go see it. So we went last weekend to see Rogue One, and the um, theater was packed. Everybody was excited. Movie starting, and I'm having a hard time tracking who's who. Is that a good guy or is that a bad guy? Where'd that person come from? Is that even a guy? What is that? You know, you're trying to connect the dots and get the story. But one of my favorite characters in Rogue One, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you have yet to see it, but one of my favorite characters is this blind guy. I mean, he's physically blind. He, he, he can't see anything. And he's a little strange. He's kind of different. Um, but he's like this ninja warrior Jedi dude. You know, kind of sitting on the, the, the street. Nobody pays him any attention because he just mumbles under his breath. And he constantly is saying this phrase, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force and the force. And he's just going, I'm one with the force. And it's like he can't see in the natural. But when the bad guys come, he's able to see into a realm that most people can't. And he starts blitzing those bad guys. I mean, and they're just left and right. I'm thinking, how in the world does he do this? And he keeps saying, I'm one with the force, and the force is with me. And after the movie, Trevor's like, dude, I'm one with the force, and the force is with me. I'm like, son, what is that force? Because I want to tell you, I don't know what he's talking about, but let me tell you who I'm talking about. There is a force, and it's greater than any force on planet Earth. It's Jesus. And you can be one with that force. And guess what? That force is with you. It's not just God far from us, but now it's God with us. Look at what Jesus says in John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. And this advocate will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit that leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because they're not looking for him and they don't recognize him. But you know him. Watch this. Because he lives with you now and later he will be in you. Do you see the progression? God far from us. God with us. Now Jesus is saying, God in us. If God with you is good, then God in you is even better. I'm telling you, and in God, it always gets better. There's something about God on the inside of you that addresses fear. It addresses insecurities. It, It addresses your doubts and your difficulties. It addresses temptation and struggle. Something about God in you, it speaks to contentment in your soul. There's something about the presence of an almighty God inside of us that marks us and makes us different from the world around us. You know, two days ago, we were gathered here as a staff right here in this sanctuary, and we were praying for you. We were praying for your family. We were praying for this moment. We, we knew these weekend services, Christmas Eve, a lot of faces, a lot of backgrounds, a lot of histories, a lot of different stories. And we laid hands on every seat, that seat that you're sitting in. Somebody touched that seat and prayed over that seat, knowing that an individual would occupy this seat, knowing that there was a story behind that, a something redemptive that God could use. And we prayed, Lord, bring in those that are broken. Bring in those that are hurting. God, bring in those that are discouraged and let them sense not just a God that's with us, but a God that can dwell inside of us. And do you know, before we ended that prayer gathering, right through these doors to my left, a young man, probably in his mid-20s, struggled into this sanctuary. And he fell right here in this altar area, came right up to me and fell at my feet. He said, you're just the guy I'm looking for. And his face was just covered with dirt. He had been sweaty, I mean, from head to toe. I I didn't know what was going on, but he was trembling in turmoil. We had several of our staff guys come around him and just begin to minister to him, ask him some questions. Hey, what's going on? What's happening in your life? How can we help you? And he tells us a story of how he lost his job and how he feels rejected by his family and, and all of the, the, the friends that he had, for whatever reason, they, they, they turned their backs on him. He just felt isolated and all alone. He said, this morning I was off of Blue Bonnet and a voice spoke to me and said, you need to go to that church on Highland Road. Okay, interesting the timing of that. As our staff was praying to bring in the lost, the lonely, the hurting, the broken, somebody was talking to him. And he said, I walked all the way from Blue Bonnet down Highland Road to this church. Think of the timing of that. Think of the purpose behind that. And he looked at me and he said, my life is falling apart. I've reached a breaking point. I said, no, you haven't. You've reached a turning point. I mean, what the devil is using to break you down, God wants to use to turn you around. I want you to consider... Sometimes good things have to fall apart so that better things can come together. And do you know some better things? God was working in the pieces and the brokenness of this young man and putting things back together for him. We prayed for him, and you know what? We were able to minister life to him, and he received it inside of him. God was no longer at a distance, but God came close. In fact, so close that he reached into this young man's heart. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, 
he said, look, behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. Oh, I'm knocking right now. Do you hear him? Some of you, God's knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, if you would just hear my voice, the only thing I ask of you is that you open the door. And if you'll open that door, you know what I'll do? I'll come in. And now I'm not just Emmanuel, God with you, but I am the Spirit of God inside of you. Tonight, I couldn't think of a better thing to send you off into your Christmas weekend than to give you a chance to receive the greatest gift that you could ever receive in life. It won't be found underneath a tree. This gift at one time hung on a tree. His name is Jesus. And if you would, in just a moment of surrender, if you would open up your life to him, I promise you, he'll come in and he'll do for you what you could never do for yourself. Would you bow your heads with me? With nobody looking around and it's just just a, a moment between you and the Lord. If you're here tonight and say, Pastor, pray for me. I have felt at a distance God being so far from me. Maybe you struggle in loneliness tonight. And you wonder, can the gap ever get any closer? Tonight, Jesus is already there. He's knocking on the door of your heart. If you say, Pastor, include me in that prayer, would you just lift up your hands all over this place? All over this place. Pastor, pray for me. Yes, yeah. Dozens of hands. Dozens of hands. Keep your hand up just for another moment. Pastor, pray for me. I need this force. I need to be one with this force. And this force needs to be inside of me. Anybody else? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, can we pray together? I want to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for moments like this. All the lights, all the videos, all the music, all the preparation, it was for this. I just believe moments like this could mark us forever. Lord, to the lonely heart, God, would you show yourself a friend? God, to the mind that's confused, would you be their peace? God, to the broken lives that that may be here, broken relationships, God, would you be our healer? Father, I thank you that you said you would never leave us, you'd never forsake us. And so right now, in confidence and in trust, we open up our hearts to you. Lord, we invite you to come and live inside of us. Heal us everywhere we hurt. Wash us, cleanse us, forgive us, and make us new. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Can we clap our hands for those that prayed that prayer this evening? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.